Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. learning in lost and found we're learning about the priority that God places on people that are far from him and in fact God places a larger priority on the people that are lost over the people that are found Um, in Luke chapter 15 we see three back-to-back parables the stories that Jesus tells that that talk all about and next week we're going to really dive into all three of those so you guys to make sure to come back because it's going to be a really fun time that's probably my favorite uh, chapter in scripture right now is Luke chapter 15 and we can see in three back-to-back parables that Jesus talks about the priority that he places on the one that is lost whether it be a lost sheep whether it be a lost uh, coin or whether it be the story of the prodigal son who is and uh, well let's talk about that and our verse, uh, our verse comes out of Luke chapter 15 it's the story of what we call the prodigal son and here's what's happening okay um this son collects his inheritance from his father. Um, his father's still alive, so that's kind of a crazy thing to do, is say, give me all the money that you owe me before you die. And he took all that money, and he ran off to the city, and he, uh, he, re- he lived real, a real uh, ratchet life. He lived, he lived real crazy. He woke up in a pig pen, and it said he came to his senses, because there's nothing like coming to your senses in a pig pen, right? He came to his senses in a pig pen, and he said, you know what, I just want to go back home, and maybe my father will take me back as a slave in his household, as a servant. And so he went back home, and his father actually welcomed him in as a son, and the guy's, the, the guy's brother was not too fond of that, because he said, hey, I've been here this whole time, and you've never celebrated me like this. And the father tells him in Luke chapter 15, verse 32... He says this, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. So this morning I encourage you guys to take notes. The title of today's message is I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Everybody say that. Say I've got nothing. So if you, uh, if you got your Bibles or on your message notes, I've got all the scriptures listed out for you, so it should be very, very easy. Um, look at 2 Kings, Kings chapter 4 with me, verses 1 through 7. Now we're going to read a little bit of scripture here, okay? But I'm going to try to power my way through this. 2 Kings chapter 4. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves because they owed some money. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And, this ser- and she replied, this servant has nothing there at all. She said, I got nothing except a small jar of olive oil. And Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There's not a jar left. And then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, pay your debts. You and your sons can live off of what is left. 
And then Matthew chapter 14, there's kind of a parallel between these two stories here. Jesus replied, um, and this is hundreds and hundreds of years later that Jesus is telling this story versus the story that we just read about um, that happened. And Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. What happened is they have this giant crowd, right? And, and he says, uh, Jesus says, hey, we need to feed these people. Um, after he got done teaching them, he said, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. He's talking to his disciples. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. And there's a whole lot of people here. He said, bring them here to me. He wasn't talking about the people. He's talking about the, the fish sandwiches. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, take the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketful of piece, broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. So... Um, What's happening in this first story is obviously um, this, this widow, she, she's very recently widowed. And what would ha- the women back in the day, not anymore, um, which is awesome. Uh, back in the day, though, women didn't have any rights. They had, and they relied solely on their husband to provide for their needs, to care for them. And so when the husband passed away, that means her source of supply is gone. And so she's freaking out because he owed a little bit of a debt. And now um, the debtors are coming to take her kids as slaves because that's how you would repay a debt back in the day. You would work it off. Um, and so and, you know, every, every seven years they'd have this great uh, day where ev- all the slaves were, were released and free. But they would have to work the debts off. Um, and then chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 14, he just got done teaching. Jesus just got done teaching this message and all the people were sitting there. And they're probably about like you are right now, real hungry. And so Jesus said, we need to feed them. The problem was they only had five loaves of bread and two fish. So Jesus performed this miracle. He multiplied the bread and the fish, and they ended up with 12 baskets full. If you guys do the math, that's more. They ended up with 12 baskets full of food left over after feeding 5,000 men. And then there was even more because just like the women didn't have any rights, they, actually, they didn't get counted either. So um, they had 5,000 men plus women and children on top of that. So this woman um, in the story of Elisha, in the story in 2 Kings, um, Elisha's response is really interesting to me here. He said, she said, hey, I've got, he said, here's what you need. What do you have in your house? So she's coming to him with the problem. She said, I don't know what to do. And his question was, was strange. He said, what do you have in your house? So many times we're asking God for a miracle in our lives, and he's just asking us, well, what do you already have? Because a lot of times, his response to us is to look at the things that he's already placed in our lives. When we talk about reaching out to those that are far from God, because that's what our series is all about, Lost and Found, all about reaching those that are far from God. When we talk about that, there's two things that I know. Number one, it's something that God asks us to do. It's not optional as a Christian to reach out to other people, not optional. So I know it's something that God asks us to do. And then number two, this is where most people sit. Other people are so much better at it than I am. So we use that as a reason to not do it because someone else is much more equipped to do that. There's, there's, there's well, I guess, 89 pastors now in this community that are much more equipped to 
reach out to somebody than I am. That's their, that's their job. That's not my job. But the thing is, it is our job as Christians. Other people are, you may think other people are so much better at it, but that doesn't excuse us from the call of doing it. All throughout Scripture, we see a recurring truth, okay? And if you have some room on your notes, I really want you to write this down. You can, uh, do, do people use Twitter still? Other than um, presidents and politicians? No? Okay. Um, so all throughout Scripture, we see this recurring truth. Listen, God calls the most unqualified people to do the most amazing things. We see it over and over and over. God will call the most unqualified people to do the most amazing things. In fact, the 12 people that Jesus called um, to help him in his ministry to change the world, they were dropouts of school. The reason that they were fishermen was because they didn't cut it in seminary. See, everybody in the, every Jew in the day had to go through a seminary and see if they were good enough to cut it and become a rabbi, and these guys weren't. So they had to go back and they had to, um, to work with their fathers and their business and apprentice them, but they were completely unqualified. We see it over and over and over in Scripture. And so we can take these principles from this widow's situation and we can relate them to our lives specifically in how God calls us to reach the lost. Okay, you're like, wait a second, that story's all about oil. What does this have to do about reaching out to people? I think there's some principles in here that we can apply. Okay, and I got six minutes and I'm going to go through them, so uh, go with me here. Number one, God can do a lot with a little. God can do a lot. Go ahead and write that down, number one, on your, on your notes. God can do a lot with a little. So you say you don't, know, you don't have much to offer. That's, that's most everyone's perspective of ourselves is, hey, I don't, I don't really have a lot to offer. Maybe I'm, I'm too young. Maybe, maybe I'm too old. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe there's no way they would listen to me. And last week we talked about excuses. If you guys missed it, um, go back and listen uh, to the podcast. But we talked about excuses last week, and excuses are the devil's main way of trying to distract us from God's mission, is to give us excuses. So no matter how much talent, how much knowledge, how much brain power, in fact, God can do a lot with it. We see here that this widow, she said, I don't have anything in my house except for this small jar of oil. I mean, it was just a vial. It wasn't, it wasn't much. And he said, well, take that and, and start pouring it. And they brought in, when, they, when, when it says they brought in jars, like they brought in like big jars, like, like, like not mason jars here. They, these are big things. And so uh, they're, they're pouring this oil out of this small vial. How crazy would that be to watch this happen? Like the oil's coming out of this small vial and it's filling up these large jars and it's just not stopping. Because God wants to show us that he can do a lot with a little. He can take... A small amount of what you have. He can take a small amount of your talent. He can take a small amount of your gifts. He can take a small amount of whatever knowledge you think you have or, or think you don't have. And he can use it. And he can multiply it. And he can use it to make a difference. In both of these stories that we read, God, once God multiplied the, the oil and then, and then the food, but in both cases... There was some left over. God multiplied it so much that there were leftovers. In fact, he said that the widow, you can live on the rest of you can live the rest of your life just on what was left. 
God can use what you have. Guys, he created you. He knows. He knows what you've got, and he can use it, but it requires us to simply take that first step of saying, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. And you know what? Sometimes that's really scary because you don't think you have enough. You don't think you're qualified enough, but all it takes is for you to say, yes, I'll do it. And God can take whatever you have, and he can use it to make an incredible impact in someone else's life. So that's number one. Number two, God's provision has a purpose. Write that down. Number two, God's provision has a purpose. In both stories, the resources that God um, performed the miracle with, they served a specific purpose, right? In the story of the widow, the resources were meant to take care of the widow and her family financially, to pay off the debt and then to live on the rest. In the story of um, feeding all the 5,000 men and their women and their families, it was, it was obviously Jesus performed this miracle so that they would be fed, they would get taken care of um, physically. But... Both of them served a specific purpose. God's given you things. He's given you talents. He's given you gifts. He's given you passions. He's given you resources. All of those good things were placed there by God. And God has given those to you for a purpose. You love the things that you love for a reason. That's the way that you were created. You enjoy, you're good at the things that you're good at because... You were created that way because it's meant to serve a larger purpose. And that purpose always involves other people. Nobody told me I had a tail going on up here. I was plugged in. That That purpose always involves other people. God has a specific thing to you, for you to do. Guys, look at me real fast. I need you guys to know this. God has something specific for you to do in life that no one else can do. He broke the mold with you. There's no more of you being made. There's something specific that he's asking you to do in your life that no one else can do. There's people that you get to reach that no one else can reach. There's things that you get to do to make an impact in this community that no one else has the influence to do. And he's given you specific resources to do it. I'm not talking all all about money. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about your influence. I'm talking about the things that you love to do. I'm talking about the things that you have fun doing. God wants you to take those things and use them. He wants you to take those things and use them for the specific purpose that he's pointed out to you. And we have something here. The good news is we have something here at this church that we call Pathway. And Pathway happens on the first Sunday of every single month. And the whole purpose is to tell you what your purpose is. So each of us have a specific purpose. We have gifts and talents and things that God has developed in us. And so we take an hour and a half, and I sit with you personally, and and I help you flesh out um, what were you created to do by identifying your personality type, by identifying the spiritual gifts that God has placed in you. It's not That doesn't stop right there, but it's a good starting point for us to know Um, to be able to answer that question, why in the heck was I created? Why am I here? Guys, so on the first Sunday of the month, right after service, 1230, I I invite you guys, um, come sit with me for an hour and a half. We provide food. We provide child care. Um, So at least come get... 
come give those crazy kids to us for an hour and a half, and, um, and we'll just have fun taking those quizzes like, uh, you guys, what kind of sandwich are you? You guys know you've laid up at night on Facebook deciding what kind of puppy you are or what kind of sandwich you are. Uh, it'll be really fun. So come to Pathway. It's in uh, two weeks, two Sundays from now, and it happens every single month. So if you miss it, you can come next month. Okay, number three, number three. And this is it. God provides, God provides as long as you pour. God provides as long as you pour. In, in that story of the widow, as long as there were empty basins to fill up, and as long as there was someone pouring the oil, the oil kept flowing. It didn't stop until they ran out of room. It didn't stop until someone said, hey, we, have, we, we, we don't have any more. We, we got nothing else. And Elisha had no intentions of making that oil stop as long as that widow continued to pour that oil in the basins. You say, Pastor Michael, how does this even relate to me? I'm, I'm not a widow. I'm not, I don't have any oil. My sons aren't getting sold into slavery. I want you to know this. God will continue to equip you with what you need to reach others as long as you continue to reach others. That's the quickest way to get your gaps filled in. As you, you say, hey, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to do this. As long as you continue to reach out to other people, God is going to fill in the gap to equip you to reach out to other people. He doesn't stop providing until we stop responding. As long as you're reaching out, actively looking for ways to make a positive impact on people's lives, to share this gospel in a tangible way, God will continue to grow you. He will continue to pour into you. He will continue to make what you have enough. You feel like you're lacking? Well, that's good. Because God designed you that way on a purpose. On purpose. Because as long as you can do it alone, God doesn't get any of the glory. God designed us with a God-shaped hole that He wants to fill. That you can't do it without Him. Truth is, you probably are lacking. Truth is, yeah, you, you, you probably have some areas that you're not so good in. You probably don't have the ability to do what God is asking you to do. And in fact, I'll tell you this, if, if, if the things that you're hearing that God's asking you to do don't scare you just a little bit, it might not be God asking you to do it. You might need to think a little bit bigger because visions from God are going to scare you because you're going to need to lean on Him to make it happen. I promise you this, though, there's, there's never going to be a situation that God asks you to do something. You say yes, and he abandons you mid-mission. That's not the way it works. Because where God calls you, he provides for you. God will call us into situations that are over our heads, but every single thing that he asks us to do is still under his feet. As long as you don't let the fear overwhelm you, God is going to come through for you. It's that simple. So with God on your side, you are enough. You do have enough. He can use you. He will use you. And you will do incredible things in the lives of other people. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, 
Have a great week.